thewellnesscouch.com, streaming wellness into your lives. Download the app today. Welcome to This Week in Wellness with Brett Hill. Real news, real health, real quick. Hi, I'm Brett Hill. And This Week in Wellness, a paper in the web-based journal Curious, shows that up to 80% of US citizens may be suffering from vertebral subluxations and its side effects. Whilst there are a number of slightly varied definitions of vertebral subluxations, this study used the definition of subluxation from the Association of Chiropractic Colleges, which defined a subluxation as a complex functional and or structural and or pathological articular change that compromises neural integrity and may influence organ system function and general health. And the study went on to state that the primary premise of the chiropractic profession is that the body is a self-maintaining, self-healing organism and that reducing and or correcting vertebral subluxations allows the nervous system to function better and allows the fullest expression of life. This particular study looked at retrospective data from over 3,000 people from 12 different chiropractic clinics in 11 different US cities, including their age, their gender and their past health history characteristics. These people sought chiropractic care for a variety of reasons, including spinal and or extremity pain, numbness or tingling, headaches, ear, nose and throat related issues, organ related issues, mental health concerns, neurocognitive issues and concerns about their general health. Vertebral subluxations were present in over 77% of the females and over 80% of the males investigated. And regardless of how the data was divided by clinic, age group or gender group, the rate was always greater than 50%. The authors concluded that concerns about general health and wellness were represented in the sample and suggested that chiropractic may serve a primary prevention function in the absence of disease and or injury, and that further investigation into the epidemiology of vertebral subluxations and the role in health promotion and prevention is recommended. As always, the link is in the show notes. And my opinion on this is that we do need to be mindful that despite having over 3,000 people, this is still a very small study. You know, I only looked at a dozen or so chiropractic practices. So look, it would be great to see this broadened to a much greater uh, selection group and a much greater group of people to measure the same stuff and, and to see whether it was just as prevalent in terms of the spinal dysfunction and the neurological dysfunction they were looking for. It's obviously also important to note that this is a really biased group that we're studying here. You know, we're looking at people who do attend a chiropractic practice. And so there's obviously a selection criteria there. You know, if you don't think you've got a vertebral subluxation, then you're less likely to attend a chiropractic office. You know, if you don't have some of the symptoms of a vertebral subluxation, then you may be less likely to attend a chiropractic office. Okay, so there's obviously a selection criteria there that means that this may be suggesting it's more prevalent than it may otherwise be. And we do, of course, need to consider the flip side here. That is, this is a population of people attending a chiropractic practice, getting adjusted for the removal of subluxations. And so it may, in fact, be possible that this population has less subluxations. You know, they may be going there to maintain their spine in the subluxation-free state which is what a lot of chiropractors do sort of recommend and encourage rather than only attending because they have subluxations. So once again, uh, more study is needed in order to determine which of those is true. Uh, How much does the rate that we're seeing in the chiropractic practices vary from the rate that we're seeing in the general population? And I think that would definitely be a great study to have done. A bigger, broader study using a broader group of the general population would be great to see how those numbers stack up. And I do also need to say that I'd never heard of the journal Curious. All right, This is a journal of medical science. I have looked it up a bit and researched it online. It is a a web-based, peer-reviewed, 
open access medical journal. So it does have peer review prior to publication, but it also has a really interesting way of doing peer review post-publication as well. So it's, it's even though it is a smaller journal, it's a newer journal, it's a slightly different way of doing a journal, and there have been some controversies around that, it is still a peer-reviewed process both before uh, publication and also after publication, which gives us a, a greater degree of confidence as to the veracity of the claims that they're making, which is a good thing. But we do know that the impact of subluxation is hard to study and it's hard to define. And that's because of this broad nature of the subluxation. You know, chiropractors are not suggesting that they're treating anything by removing these subluxations. You know, the idea of chiropractic is not a treatment. It's about its health promoting. It's by its very nature salutogenic. It's about increasing the health of the individual, removing interference to the nervous system so that the body can heal itself. As a result of that, the results of adjusting subluxations can be many and varied. And the adjustments themselves can be many and varied to different parts of the spine and even in different parts of the body and different aspects of the nervous system. And as such, it makes it harder to reduce it down in, in our modern sort of method of reductionistic research. It's harder to do a double-blind randomized control study on something that has such varied inputs and such varied outputs. So it can be harder to define exactly what we're looking at and harder to define um, exactly what the results are. Um, and so we do need to be mindful of that when we're looking at studies like this, but it's, it's an even greater reason to do studies like this to identify just how big a problem this may be and obviously then to be able to do follow-up studies later to see what sort of changes we're able to develop would be a great thing to look at. Having said that, I do think that it's very likely due to our lifestyles that vertebral subluxation is common. You know, we know that we sit more than we should. We don't move as much as we should. We hunch over screens more than we should. We stress probably more than we should. We don't always eat as well as we should. You know, all of these things can cause stress on our bodies and our spines and our nervous systems. And so it's reasonable to suggest that these things might cause dysfunction in our spine. And with a you know even just a primitive knowledge of the nervous system to understand that that may cause interference and dysfunction in the nervous system. And, and obviously, you know, just purely and simply looking at Gray's anatomy, we know, you know, the nervous system does control everything in the body. And so, you know, understanding that that may have an impact on the rest of the body is once again, not a big stretch. Once again, you know, more research needs to be done to prove and to show these links. But but the idea that that may be true is not a big stretch, I don't think. And so you know, we know that the signs of vertebral subluxation can be many and varied. You know, they can include pain, neurological disturbances, postural distortions, restricted ranges of motion, muscular imbalances, and much more. Um, and we also know that it may not even be you know symptomatically evident yet. We know that only about 10% of the nervous system is pain. And so there can be nerve interference going on and us not even feel it or notice it yet. So, you know, I think if you do suspect that you might have a vertebral subluxation for any of those above reasons, then a good idea is to get checked out by your local chiropractor. You know, even myself as a chiropractor, I find it very hard to determine whether I have a subluxation or not without getting a third party to independently analyze and verify and objectively analyze what's going on with my spine and my nervous system. And so that's what I do, and that's what I'd encourage you to do if you think you might have a vertebral subluxation. If you're looking for a great chiropractor near you, by all means, drop us a line at the This Week in Wellness socials, You know whether that be uh, on Facebook, on Instagram. You can message us on iTunes. Um, you can even jump into my Healthy Lifestyle Choices Facebook group and ask your questions there. So if you're looking for a great chiropractor near you, I do have contacts all around the world, uh, and I'd be more than happy to help, so just let me know. You've been listening to This Week in Wellness with Brett Hill. To continue the conversation about this or any other episode of This Week in Wellness, 
Join my Healthy Lifestyle Choices Facebook group or find us on Facebook and Instagram at This Week in Wellness. If you like this episode, please leave us a review on iTunes. And for more information about this and other projects from me, head to drbretthill.com. This has been a production of thewellnesscouch.com. Check us out on Facebook and join in the conversation on facebook.com forward slash thewellnesscouch. Subscribe to each show on iTunes and check us out on Twitter. The Wellness Couch, streaming wellness into your lives. Whilst the Wellness Couch presenter endeavor to provide accurate and helpful information to their listeners, these podcasts cannot take into account individual circumstances and are not intended to be a substitute for health and medical advice from a qualified health professional. You should always seek the advice of a qualified health professional before acting on any of the information provided by any of the Wellness Couch podcasts.